should I say good morning and welcome? You're speaking to, uh, or you're listening to BB from uh, Benicio, and I've got a wonderful guest on this morning on our Lab Space Africa. I was actually thinking of a cool name to call this uh, Lab Space podcast, uh, <laughs> and I haven't got one yet. But welcome on the line. Uh, I've got Hannes van der Merwe. Good morning, sir. Hi, morning, BB. It's always nice chatting to you. It's always great to have a, a very casual chat about certain topics. And one of the topics on my mind that I've been looking up on the internet is basically, and you're an expert in this in this area, um, is basically setting up laboratories around the country or any or anybody that would like to set up a lab. So I want to chat through a couple of pointers, you know, where to start, financing, staffing, what equipment to get. I mean, it's a daunting task, and you guys at Lab Space Africa do that very, very well, and you've just set up that beautiful lab in Midrand. So I'm going to pick your brain this morning about in what direction people should be looking to go if they were looking at setting up a lab. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's not a, yeah, it's it, it's not a difficult task. It's actually quite easy, but it's complicated. And there's many pitfalls of uh, wasting money and uh, kind of delays that people don't normally kind of plan for. So um, obviously, um, we focus from with lab design up to kind of assisting with staffing through kind of affiliated companies to getting equipment in lab and lab layout and lab stock and the consumables who also are one of our parent companies, Axiology. That's right. So um, I, I think a lot of times when people decide to open their own lab or wanting to start a, a, a big lab, they're going to spend some time obviously on the name and they're going to spend time on a logo and they kind of sometimes miss where they kind of need to determine what their clients need and they should then start building a laboratory around that need instead right. of kind of what they kind of uh, think the lab should be. So, uh, and then secondly, they need to plan their costing. Uh, I think the business plan fail. basically. Yeah? I yeah, read, I read somewhere that little, yeah. I read somewhere that scientists are great scientists and the labs one thing, but you actually have a proper business plan like you guys did I, in the beginning to start. I, I think that's so, so, so true. I think a lot of great scientists, uh, get stuck in universities because they, that's where they, they're comfortable and not necessarily. And you get a few that, that moves out into the private industry um, because they've got the, some business skills as well. Um, but doing a proper cost planning and uh, you, where you can do a forecast of how much money you need when you're going to appoint staff, uh, it's extremely important because you, you're not going to get a lot of business in your first six months. And I know that much sounds shocking. But it's just that if you're new kids on the block and it, it, no, people don't know you, uh, it, it's going to be difficult for them to commit to kind of giving the samples to analyze uh, because that's the IT, that's that sample analysis. Okay. So uh, it, 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 it's a complex thing. It, it, it's about you know, getting a, getting into the market. It's about getting funding. It's about planning the I was actually going to talk about that way. financing yeah, is obviously yeah, a massive yeah. thing. Hey, Hannes? <laughs> I, I don't know where you get all of the financing to start a lab, but yes, obviously you need, you need to have someone that invests in your lab or you kind of invest yourself. Or if your business model is sound enough, you can go and speak to a bank and uh, and get that financing, uh, startup capital. But uh, yeah, it's, it's extremely important to have cash flow in hand okay. to, and, and do some financing on the larger equipment because that's possible. Uh, the banks will give you if you need a kind of LCMS, that thing is six, six million rand. And wow. you can put a business model to that's explain. One, that's one machine you do, yeah. that's six million rand, just yeah. for one. Yeah. 
if you, you think a Ferrari is impressive, you should see <laughs> a proper uh, Alfa MS. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful people in other little things. We love them. It's a beautiful piece of machinery. But okay, so I started. We got. We need a business plan firstly. So. Uh, and everything that comes with, including the financing, and then and then the you next step for me would be without a business exactly. The next step for me would then be, and correct me if I'm wrong, is correcting the, the correct space for the lab to be set up. And you guys did a fantastic job at <laughs> Lab Space Africa. You guys are in Midrand, which for me makes so much sense. Easy access to the highway. You're like two blocks away from the highway on ramp off ramp there. Yep. You're right between yep. Johannesburg. Close to the airport. Exactly. Thirty minutes from the airport. It's like it's a, it's a nice location. Um, our biggest clients currently is like just down the road. It's like a, a manufacturing pharmaceutical facilities that's quite close to us. So I love it. Um, walking distance, basically. And uh, yeah, and we're quite close to Pretoria. We're quite close to main centers in Joburg. So it's, it's ideal space. So, the, so the, the provision would then be close to an airport so you can fly samples in and out and, and so on? Um, close yeah, I think to, the next yeah. step for us is to kind of get a site set up in the Cape, uh, and that will be a processing site now. Right. And those samples will also be flown up uh, from Cape Town International daily uh, to Midrand for analysis. And just share with so, us what uh, what would what would you be looking at when you look at a site in Cape Town? What would the would it be the close to airport again? Would it be close to location, airport? location, location? So the site we kind of decided on now uh, in the Cape is. I can use the example on the R300, a uh, new mm-hmm. industrial area in Stickland. Uh, so the R300 combines uh, the N2, or connects the N2 and the N1. Uh, the N2 intersection is right at the airport, uh, uh, Cape Town International. And using the N1, you're kind of 15 minutes from uh, the, from the port, uh, from, from Cape Town Harbor. So any imports there that need to be tested, everything is close by. And again, we're quite close to industries that might need the service. And we're also centrally uh, located between all the tertiary institutions like Stellenbosch and UWC and even UCT. So all of them are close by for that site. Wow, it sounds like another amazing location, just like the one in Midrand. So well done on yep. the choices yep. there. <laughs> the next one I didn't even think about, which is on the list here in front of me, is registrations, various licenses needed for starting up a laboratory. Talk me through some of those, and that must be a complete nightmare. It is. I think it's daunting for people who are not familiar with the field. So lab space, we expected a six months to nine months delay from where we set up. So again, just briefly touching on the financing, we built that into our plan that we knew that we're going to have a nine month delay before we were really starting doing business because then we can get our team to notify the accreditation. Um, 7085, that is like general testing laboratories, uh, analytical chemistry labs, uh, non-diagnostic laboratories, basically. And you need that to show that your results comply with the international standard called ISO 7085. And uh, so if I do, for instance, a, let's use a simple example, caffeine or salicylic acid analysis in the case or in Midrand, that result would be comparable to someone generating results in Poitiers in France. So that if someone gets results from both sites, they know that those samples were analyzed with a certain degree of accuracy and the results can be compared to one another. You want that. You want your uh, 20 milligram or 20 nanogram result in the Cape, in Midrand, to reflect that same confidence or same levels that someone would interpret on the results on a sample in uh, in the US or in, in Europe. Wow. 
And uh, these things take time because they do not assess you on what you plan to do. Uh, you get assessed for accreditation based on what you've done. And this is where a lot of labs uh, kind of make a mistake and they didn't realize that they need to generate six months' worth of data or up to nine months' worth of data wow. uh, to have an assessment done on. So you need to have a, a, a client already. So if you decide to open a lab, you need to make sure that you've got a client that's willing to send you samples even though you're not accredited and only working in compliance with a certain, uh, um, in accordance with a certain guideline and not necessarily already in compliance with. Because in compliance meaning that you've got the certificate against the wall. So uh, then the other option is if you're a diagnostic lab, that would be 15189. Um, meaning that you kind of have a pathologist that uh, can review data, you've got medical technologists. If you've got a manufacturing facility and testing, you've got a, a 13, uh, a GMP facility, uh, I think it's 13.5. And then obviously there's also things like the management 9001, where a lot of facilities kind of uh, claim the 9001, although that does not indicate any results or kind of compliance of the lab is merely a managerial kind of how you manage the facility. Right. So the biggest one is for us to get is 1705 because we're non-diagnostic but we can analyze human samples although that will be for stock screens and stuff like that right. or clinical data analysis but we're not in the diagnostic field so 15189 currently is not under God. Wow, that all sounds daunting. I've gone quiet but, <laughs> but it can be <laughs> well, done and obviously... Seems like a, Yep. So, for instance, in South Africa, you want to start a cannabis lab. Right. So, uh, There's a lot of those cannabis, going up at the uh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of those going up. And every second person thinks they can uh, start a cannabis analysis lab or you get requests for people who want to set up cannabis analysis lab. So that used to be the Department of Health, but now you need to have a SAPRA registration for your facility, a SAPRA permit. And uh, that means that SAPRA won't look at uh, uh, approving a permit for you if you do not have 1705. So it's, again, it's CAT 22. So you need six to nine months of data running a 1705 laboratory. But you can't And only that. after you've... <laughs> it's a CAT 22 a little bit. So you need someone who's willing to send you samples. Right. I know a lot of labs even willing to analyze samples for free, basically, right. um, that they do then in tandem. Say, for instance, uh, a client sends them samples and another uh, facility samples, and then the, the results are compared so you need it in. You need a, a client or an industry that's willing to work with you um, and and uh, uh, get your accreditation. But sometimes uh, the, the industry do not require accreditation, and then you can start the analysis. You can provide them with the results. So then the next the next one on my list would then basically be organizing and equipping your lab, which is another feat on its own uh, with different machinery. You mentioned uh, you mentioned the machine earlier, like over six million rand. Deciding what machinery you need and what sort of a test you'll be doing. How did you yeah, guys approach I, that? I, I think you need to decide your market. It's, uh, if you're going to, say, for instance, again, use the cannabis industry as an example. Cannabis industry, there's a lot of volatiles in there, so they will need GC analysis. Uh, they, or they've got a big concern about heavy metal contamination in the sample, so they might have a need for ICP image. If you're going on the pharmaceutical side again, 
you're kind of very focused on the traditional HPLCs because uh, they've, they've all got their own pharmacological method. And they tell you they need a specific sample analyzed according to a specific technique that's in the pharmacopoeia, and you're going to have to follow that, and that's normally HPLC methods of UV detection or something like that. So uh, a normal HPLC with a PDA would be a kind of a good workhorse to put there in the lab. And then obviously, if you want a very general but very expensive uh, all-rounder, you can go for what we've done. We uh, installed a LC-MS-MS, with a, both MS and PDA detection, that gives you both of best of world, both worlds, but it is like six times the price tag of a normal HPLC, but it can do so much more. Wow. So uh, it, it all determines you need to go and sit down, business plan, and not make the mistake of trying to run and charge all the windmills out there. So uh, if you're going to try and set up a lab that can do micro, that can do UV analysis, that can do normal spectro, that can do microscopy, that can do, you're going to end up spending a lot of money and not having clients for all those services. Although it might be of great benefit to some clients having a one-stop shop. So it's partly what we're trying to do. We're trying to do a one-stop shop for, for clients. So we do have a LCMS. Uh, it's actually a, We'll try pressure uh, MS with PDA detector. Then we uh, not uh, ultra high HPLC with uh, PDA detector. Then we've got uh, LCMS with uh, both MS and PDA detector and the FPIR, and also ELISA flow feeder. So we can cover most, but we decided to stop there. And in the future, we'll also then include uh, something like uh, GCMS and ICPMS. But that's only if we've got the sample volume to justify it. And those so, two machines are kind of you need yeah, you need to be be, be be stay lean and make sure that you don't overstretch your finances. Okay. I, I was saying the machinery what we're talking about is all available to have a look at on the website. So that's that's amazing. Yes, yes, yeah. So it's like uh, these ones we 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 currently have, and we can offer those services. Perfect. The next we one, we're also assisting companies currently. There's a couple that uh, we're assisting installing uh, HPLCs at their facility because we know a lot about HPLC analysis. So we are kind of a in-between for them getting the right tool that they need. Um, so that, that's another thing we can help with and assist with. Okay, brilliant. Then lab management and staffing. I think this is probably going to be the hardest one to get right for most people. Uh, your thoughts there and advice there? You. Staffing, uh, staffing <laughs> is a very, very, very challenging thing because uh, as you start out, you need to make sure that you've got the right personalities, the right skill sets, the right qualification to uh, for, uh, for people working in your laboratory. Uh, you can make the mistake of simply going on the qualification and then ending up with someone that does not fit in with your vision of your corporate culture. Uh, you can actually get someone that's got a great personality, possibly, and not have a clue what they're doing in the laboratory. I would recommend anyone to use a qualified scientific recruiter. And there is a couple in South Africa, and the one that I would recommend is the one that we're using is Sidepath Recruitment. Uh, you can discuss with them. They interview the company. Us, we're interviewed by them. Right. They understand our company culture. And then they go to an extremely big database and they interview for you a lot of, uh, of the candidates. 
and they shortlist a group of candidates that they think is qualified as well as personality fit for your company, and it makes it easier. It makes the risk less, and they also take the risk of if the, it is non-fit, and they actually reimburse you on on that uh, recruitment fees. Oh wow! And that comes management side staff, yeah. Those I'll put notes. I'll put a link in notes to them in, in our in our podcast notes Perfect. as well. Great. Um, then obviously with the laboratory management, all laboratories have a document called a quality manual, right. and I think the more appropriate name for this document would have been a laboratory management manual. A lot of people think if they write a quality manual, it's only about the regulatory guidance and stuff they follow. Your laboratory manual or the quality manual is the way that you're going to manage your business. It describes everything in detail. So this is the main document that you're going to start any planning. After you've done your financial forecast and your financial planning and your business plan, you're going to spend, and I would say, a few weeks writing a proper laboratory manual with details on how you're going to comply with all the various clauses of the regulatory guidance that you're going to follow and how often you're going to have management reviews and how your management structure looks. And this is very important because it forces you to sit down and think about not only how you're going to analyze your samples, but how the approval of that data is going to take place, how many key steps there's going to be, Who's going to be responsible for releasing data to clients? Who's going to be responsible for receiving samples and receiving goods at your laboratory? So all those details need to go into your quality manual. So that quality lab, uh, manual or the lab manual is a starting position for any lab on how to manage their laboratory. Very crucial piece of document. We've got a, we are lucky. We've got a Jeanette Young that works for us. That's correct. She's a, experience with uh, all the regulatory guidelines and she's wrote, written many of these documents and uh, we also use her for some of our clients to assist uh, them As in getting assist their other clients, yeah? yeah, we As can assist other clients in setting up their what we call a quality management system or QMS right. and a big part of that QMS is getting a proper quality manual in place. I think we should have actually started with that by the sounds of it. I mean, all the research I've done today for today's <laughs> informal chat about labs and setting up labs, that wasn't mentioned anyway. So I think that is an amazing piece of advice you've given us. And thank you so much for that nugget there. Um, I'm going to ask you an open-ended question. How long is a piece of string? And just for the sake of um, of the listeners, how much money, and then maybe give me a range between this and that. You can either do it in dollars or in rands would you need to set up an average lab? And I'm aware there's many different types of lab, and you've said you should particularly look at, particularly look at setting up a lab around clients or existing clients you might have. But what sort of, if you could give me a range possibly, would you would you look at maybe with some working I, I think a lot of people need to sit down, and I think the, uh, for, for answering this question, just to use an example, uh, general alpha MS would cost you about between five and six million. Uh, a top-end LCMS might cost you up to 8 to 10 million. Um, you might end up with HPLCs that also varying between 1 and 2 million. And then you think this is a big, big cost of the laboratory. Not realizing setting up the laboratory is also extremely expensive. Um, so getting the HVAC correctly from the beginning, uh, HVAC for about a lab of 
400, 500 to maybe 600 square meters, I would guess that in the vicinity of about one and a half million rand. Then getting the proper flooring in, uh, making sure that your wall coverings are correct, it's not a non-flaking wall. So there's a lot of things that also add to the bill. And you're going to be uh, really surprised to see that you might need something like uh, between 12 and 24 million rand to start a, a, a kind of a, a entry-level laboratory. That's uh, the, the most recent lab I know that was set up in Bloom. Um, they had a bill of about, I think, 30 million to set that up. Um, but then obviously this is also a reason where we feel there's a gap for lab space in the market. Right. Because not it's not necessary for everyone to spend 50 million to set up a lab. And that was my next um, question. A, a lot, a lot yeah, of these difficult things you were mentioning earlier, like you guys take that away from, from people that need to do if they get involved with with your lab. Is that correct? Lab says African Midland. Correct. So we, we, we our plan is to have general areas where everyone got access to the same balance. I mean, we don't need to have the same weighing balances. So everyone is trained and competent to use them and there's a training record. There can be a shared balance. There can be shared rooms for your uh, raw samples as long as there's access. It's also kind of lockable cabinets for your for your data. And then obviously what lab space supplies, except for the shared areas, we can assist you in setting up your own small little, little lab. So where you would have needed maybe 450 square meters, you might find that you only need 100 square meters now because the rest of the facility, you're actually piggybacking on our facility. So you don't need to buy MS. You can maybe, to start with, have your samples analyzed with us right. while you're kind of doing your specialized tests in your own laboratory. So if you've got a genetic lab, you can run your genetic lab in your own dedicated laboratory. Only your staff has got access to that. But then you don't need a, the MS because you can use ours. So uh, that, that's one of the things where we believe we can uh, have a big market change. I know the company that's now uh, going to set up with us in Metron, so chances are kind of very, very good that they're going to move forward with it. Brilliant. Uh, they are using LCMSs, but basically once a week, um, and they will be moving over to ours, and then the entire facility that they're setting up will be excluding the, the need for LCMS and stuff like that. So, uh, which is kind of, I think, uh, a very nice save for them, and it adds to our uh, more capacity, uh, kind of a need or kind of uh, the throughput on our instruments. So that's the space we've taken care of. Uh, we've spoken about the equipment we've got, and then the next one in mind would probably be the consumables. You guys can get easy access through your partners, your various partners, including Axology. Yeah, so it's like uh, if you if you speak enough like, uh, to any financial person in laboratories, they never understand why a lab are using maybe 10 ELISA plates a week, but they want to buy 100. So obviously the finance guys, they want us to kind of spread that up, but the cost is uh, spread out over a few months. And we try to convince them that actually we need that one batch number because every time we change batches, there's a risk of suddenly having a failure because there's differences in batches. But we made a deal with Axiology Labs uh, they are partner, uh, a strategic partner of ours, and they actually have a storeroom with lab space, meaning that the tips and plates and stuff that we need on a regular basis is stored there that is available to anyone. So I do not have to carry that stock and pay for it up front. And the moment I take it from the store, 
it comes on my That's door. When you pay. Okay. So it's like uh, sitting in a restaurant and you don't have to That's a massive have the, advantage, huh? everything. You can have just you just pay for what you need and when you need it. It is a massive advantage. And also again for startups that makes it a lot easier for them getting into the market because now they know they don't have to buy this whole kind of consumable store with thousands of rand for stuff that they're going to maybe use once a week or once a month. Uh, they're only going to collect it when they need it. Brilliant. And the next one, next service is obviously expertise. We've spoken about all the expertise needed. We've spoken about all the fantastic expertise uh, in the, the Midrand building. Uh, I'm sure it'll be the same at Cape Town. You want to talk about it, sort of the people we've got in, in the Midrand, the Midrand lab to assist other... So, yeah, so, so currently the expertise lies with the uh, 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 PCR work. So it's... Uh, uh, I can't get into that now. Uh, uh, genetics work. So DLT is kind of very uh, capable in genetic analysis, right. environmental uh, monitoring, so meaning like uh, gases and stuff that's risky for facilities. So he's uh, an expert on that. Um, so uh, environmental monitoring facilities and environmental safety uh, and micro uh, DLT is very strong on. And then we've got uh, Nadia. Nadia is an expert in analytical chemistry. So she's the, the lady that operates the HPLCs and LCMS. So uh, that uh, is going to, in the case, we are going to focus uh, mainly on storage and uh, getting samples processed and shipped up. And then obviously the other thing that the DeVault is also focusing on is uh, post-importation testing. That means that stuff that gets imported in South Africa and you think that you imported a batch of a certain pharmaceutical compound, uh, he's got a certificate of analysis with it, and then we test it and we compare our analysis with that certificate of analysis and to prove that that concentration is correct, so he can assist with that. And then obviously uh, long-term exposure to, in the climatic chambers to determine shelf life of uh, compounds. So Diavolt is also the person to speak to with that. Okay. So if we've now put somebody off, unfortunately, with all the intricacies and the costs involved with setting up their own lab, they can come and have analysis done at your lab in Madrid and in the future. Yeah, the I, I think that's exactly it. So mm-hmm. uh, we already have a lot of interest. There's two labs in the Cape that's already interested in space here. Um, we already have two labs. As I said, the one is basically a done deal. So it seems to be uh, people understand what they're trying to do. It's uh, saving a lot of costs by using our space, where they can, our, uh, our expertise, while they're focusing on their niche field. And obviously, it, we, we, we can even uh, help them expand into other fields as well. So it's the idea is to have a kind of a biological science hub or analytical science hub um, and people collaborating and, and sharing ideas. You guys currently do uh, tests across several different fields uh, and, and expanding daily or as, as needs arise. What sort of tests are you guys performing at your labs currently, with the current machinery you guys have got, instruments. Sorry, not machinery, instruments. Mostly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nadia would help you. Nadia, I was about to say. Uh, the, the analytical instruments we're focused currently on mm-hmm. doing uh, pharmaceutical work. So uh, it means that we are doing targeted analysis. So we are looking for the active compounds in pharmaceutical products. Um, so we screen using LCMS or HPLC. We screen those samples for the actives and determine that they're at the right concentration. 
But uh, although that's our focus, we can do also a lot more. We can also screen for contaminants. We have a database, I think, of about 2,200 toxic compounds, uh, toxicology compounds. So if you've got a sample and you want to have that screened to determine whether there's a, uh, either a drug of abuse or a toxin in there, we can assist because we've got all that MRM set up. We run uh, two 15-minute samples on two different columns are running with two different techniques, and we can then screen those results in our database. So that database is set up with very specific uh, retention times uh, using certain conditions. The, con- the retention times of compounds should always always be the same. And then, obviously, it's got the precursor and the target ions that you're looking for, but it also has about three confirmatory uh, um, product ions that you can use to make sure that you if you tell someone that is uh, the compounds that's uh, in there, that you can say that with quite a number of certainty. And that method we're also going to use. Uh, so one of the other companies in axiology is Axios Seed. Uh, they import lateral flow devices that using in the schools and mines for uh, uh, screening of drugs of abuse. All right. And we can then confirm any results that they get we uh, use a calibration set that we buy that contain most of these compounds at uh, different levels. And then we can do that uh, qualitative screen that they do and determine whether it's a false positive and if it's a real positive, exactly what the concentration in those samples are or in the urine sample or in the, 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 the concerned or the, the suspicious package. Incredible. And have we mentioned the climatic chambers as well? I don't think we've said anything about those. We've been talking about the HPLCs all morning. Is that right? You've got climatic yeah, chambers. Yeah, we briefly touched on it like uh, that the, the world is uh, in charge of that. Right. But uh, I think the climatic chambers with us is very focused for uh, what we call complementary medicine. Right. So changes in supralegislation now led to uh, that all complementary medicine now needs to have a shelf life indicated on them. And they preferably need to uh, monitor the actives or what things the actives are on those. So we can assist those companies that in the complementary medicine market. We can assist with monitoring those active compounds. We can uh, help them screen the raw material that they use for uh, manufacturing as well as the final product, product. And this is both the active screenings as well as microbial uh, testing for pathogens. And then, obviously, we have uh, three large 2,300-liter uh, climatic chambers, and we are going to uh, have a lot of uh, these SKUs placed in them, and we will then be testing these according to the client's needs. So uh, a lot of times there's what they call a rapid test or an expedited test or an accelerated test, some people even call it. So that's what most people would need to keep this stuff on the shelf. It's an expedited test, meaning it's a harsher condition. And then we can do this up to two years, even longer if the client requires. Meaning we're exposing it to the target market zone uh, of environmental conditions. So that might have a specific humidity and temperature connected to it. As uh, the one will be four Bs, I think mostly what we will offer to the clients, but we can offer anything that they need. This is incredible. We've been going over 30 minutes already. So much information about setting up laboratories. I think anything that's left to ask is how can people get hold of you that are listening to this podcast? Uh, should they mail you? Should they get hold of you on LinkedIn? 
the easiest thing that is to use our website. Um, so that's www.labspace.africa. And uh, there's a, a, a contact us uh, on there. Alternatively, they can use our cell phone. Uh, our telephone number is 010-591-2727. And uh, they can also make contact via LinkedIn or even our Facebook page. But uh, it's always easier to do it via our website. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Again, I'll put that contact link as well in the, the notes description of the podcast. Really appreciate your time this morning, Hannes. Have a great day. And have a, thank it's you. Always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you.